0: Could you open your Bibles to Matthew 18 and stand with me in honor of God's Word this morning? How many of you love the Word of God? Amen. Amen. Look at Matthew 18, 7. We're going to be looking at a couple versions this morning, but we're going to start in the New Living. It says, What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. Father in heaven, you do not want us to lead lives of temptation, but you want us to be able to face those temptations and have a testimony. And God, I just pray for every testimony in the making right now. I pray, Father God, for all of the trials and tests that budding leaders are going through right now. This is where they're made. This is where they're made. This is their crucible right now. And so, Father, speak a word in season to our hearts. Father, may we leave encouraged. May we leave built up. And, Father God, I ask, may we leave with a rhema word from God for our hearts, right where we're living, right where we're at, that we need this very hour. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. We've mentioned that we have a a rule, and that is where newer versions use a different word than older versions, then it's worth diving a little bit deeper and finding out the greater truth Older versions don't use the words tempts or temptations. Older versions use the word offense or offenses. So the word translators differ on, um, the word that translators here differ on is the Greek word "scandalon." It's the Greek word "scandalon," And you can tell by the, the Greek word, it's where we get scandal, it's where we get scandalous from. And the reason translators differ some is because this word means uh, a cause for for stumbling uh, or that which causes one to sin, but it's not so much speaking of that which leads another into sin like you would think. It's speaking more of uh, like the Pillar New Testament commentary puts it, facilitating the coming of the enticement. That's why newer versions use temptation, so it, you know, kind of like arranging for you to to sin, providing some kind of an opportunity for you to sin, not necessarily leading you into sin, but, you know, kind of tempting, enticing you, and facilitating that enticement. That's what this word, scandalon means. It's what offense means, and if you look it up, you're gonna find that it even means a trap Or it might even say a bait stick. And so what that means is the 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 bait stick or the stick that the bait was put on in the trap that when the the bait was taken the the trap would close. It's also what this word means. So offense is 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 a bait that you don't want to take because if you do take it, you're gonna get caught in a trap. That's what it means. And once you take the bait, you're caught. So don't take the bait. Don't let the enemy of your souls trap you in offense. Go to one of my favorite psalms, psalms Psalm 91. Absolutely love this psalm. Psalm 91. I want you to look at verse 3 with me. Psalm 91.3, it says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Older versions don't say every trap. They say the snare of the fowler. The snare of the fowler. If you've got an older version in your hands, it'll say the snare of the fowler. Well, what was a fowler? Well, a fowler was one that would catch birds, would, would, would trap birds. And if you know anything about fowlers, you know that they set their traps in full view of all the birds. They set their traps in full view of all the birds. Isn't that amazing? Yet they still catch them. They still catch them. And so does the devil. But I want to show you a truth that I really believe is going to help today. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And God put this very heavily on my heart. And this could very well be the rhema word that you need today. It says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. The message says we're not oblivious to his sly ways or Older versions will say, We're not ignorant of his devices, could be what your version says, something similar to that. So, that word devices, if you look it up, and I love doing word studies, if you look up that word devices, it means designs. It means designs. So, hopefully, your spiritual antenna are going up a little bit here. Can I tell you something that both God and the devil have designs for your life? Devil's got a design for your life. Maybe he began forming it when you were young. Maybe you grew up in a house where substances were abused, or maybe you grew up in a house where you were physically abused, and the devil was trying to get you to fulfill his design for your life. But how many of you know that God also has plans for your life? How many of you know that Jeremiah 29:11 says the Lord saying, "I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you." And yet Scripture says, "We're not ignorant of Satan's designs for us. We're not ignorant. It, it, it's like the devil is just like that fowler, and he sets his traps right in our face. Don't take the bait. Do not take the bait. Pastor John, I might be going through something right now. You know, I just want to run. I want to flee. Let me tell you why you shouldn't. Let me show you a scripture as to why you shouldn't run from the things that you're going through. And I thought that this was powerful. Go to 1 Samuel 21. 1 Samuel 21. You guys are sure quiet today. 1 Samuel 21. When you're there, say amen. I really need you to see this, so I'm going to wait. For you digital devices, Samuel is S-A-M-U-E-L. I'm sorry. Okay, first amen. I get amen. Amen. Man, I don't care how you get the word in. Just get it in. 1 Samuel 21. Look at 8 and 9. David asked Ahimelech... Do you have a spear or a sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, the priest replied. It's wrapped in cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there's nothing else here. There's nothing like it, David replied. Give it to me. This is important, and I really hope you get this. Why do you want... To face your battles, why do you want to fight your fights? Because in every battle won, you acquire weaponry that you can use in a future date. Somebody get this. Somebody get this. Every weapon that you win, every battle that you win, you acquire things. You acquire wisdom. You acquire strength. I didn't know that I was that strong. Well, if I could win that battle with the Lord, well, I should be able to win this battle with the Lord. And all of a sudden, your faith increases. You gain weaponry. Every battle won, you gain weaponry. And in a future date, in a future time when you need it, just like David did some years later, because he wasn't the teenager that faced Goliath on the battlefield now when he was running from King Saul who was out to kill him. He was older now. And all of a sudden when he needed it most, hey, the only weapon that I got right here is the sword of Goliath whom you killed. Give it to me, there's nothing like it. And who had a better right to the sword of Goliath than David, the one who killed him? That's why some of you that have come out of Drugs and, and God uses you like Tom and Sarah Cole. He's using them to help people come out of drugs Why because they gain weaponry when they won that battle and God's using them to fight for others now and What you fail to realize is that in every battle one you grow You grow you're stronger But the enemy's always trying to get you caught and he's trying to get you trapped And he's trying to get you to think that God would never use you for anybody else. It's the biggest lie It's the absolute biggest lie He wants to use you, needs to use you. Don't take the bait. Don't take it. And realize that as you fight your battles and as you win your battles, you gain weapons. You don't lose anything. Time's not lost. Time's gained when you won battles. The Bible says that God is able to redeem the time, that he'll give you back the years that the locusts have eaten in the book of Joel, it tells us. You get back. You don't lose. Well, I feel so behind. Not with God, you're not behind. Not with God. You're not behind with God. I hope you're getting this today, and I hope it is sitting right with you. We have to shut the door on the devil's temptations to trap us. And everybody has their, their weaknesses, those areas that they're, they're most prone. For some, it's money. For some, it's, it's influence. They have to be in that seat of influence. For others you know, it's sex or it's, it's relationships or whatever it is, shut the door on that. You gotta shut the door on it. Whatever you want more right now than God could ever bless you with over time, the devil is gonna be more than happy to accommodate you with it. Jimmy Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans would say that's the spirit of mammon. The devil will give it to you right now even though you're not mature enough for it. You haven't grown into it. I mean, how many of you gave your 13-year-old a car if he wanted one or she wanted one? They weren't right. They weren't mature enough. They weren't trained. They weren't experienced. They may have wanted a car. That 14-year-old may have wanted a car. That 15-year-old may have wanted a car, but they weren't ready for a car. And I believe over time, as you're able to handle it, God brings it. As you grow into it, God brings it. I can remember when I was young, I had five older brothers, and... I can remember wanting to be able to wear some of the clothes that they were wearing because I thought that they looked so cool. And it took me a while to be able to grow into those clothes of my older brothers, those coats that they would wear, those sweaters that they would wear, those shirts that they would wear. I had to grow in time into those things. Just because I wanted to wear some of the cool clothes my older brothers were wearing doesn't mean I was ready for them, doesn't mean I was mature enough for them. And some of the things that you want right now, if you were to be given them right now, you can't handle it right now. Even Jesus told the disciples that in John 16, 12. I still have many more things to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. You keep growing. You keep growing. What if there is an offense that God wants, to deal, wants you to deal with first before he ever promotes you or before he ever brings you to another level, before he ever does anything? What if it's that offense that you got to deal with? Or what if you're prone to offense again and again and again? You're easily offended. People just irritate you. Pastor John, the church would be a wonderful place if it wasn't for all the people. You know how many people don't come to church because of people? Yet I don't know of a church that exists without people. We could have time slots where we'll guarantee folks that no one will be in here and they can just come to a recorded service by themselves. We can do that. You can sit in here by your... No such church exists. No such church exists. It's amazing, I was reading a study by Rick Renner the other day when Paul was talking about the thorn in his side or the messenger of Satan and he asked God three times to take it away in 2 Corinthians 12 and Rick Renner said the language that's used there the original language in the Greek suggests that this was a person that it was a relationship and Paul is literally saying remove them get them out of my life they are a messenger from Satan everybody has people challenges Do not be offended. Don't stay offended. I just want to share this. I believe the devil wants you looking at the people, and God wants to deliver you from offense. That's the difference. See, the devil's design for you is to notice everyone and everything and everything they say and everything they do and everything they've done and everything that you think they're going to do. You just know that they're going to do that. And all of a sudden you get the the opposite of faith and you begin to presume or you begin to assume that people are going to do this or they're going to treat you like this and I just know they're going to be like this and so that's why I don't even bother going. The devil wants you looking at people and God wants to deliver you from offense. You remember when Jesus was restoring Peter? Three times, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He restored him three times for the three times that he denied him. Remember the rooster crowed? And after Jesus restores Peter, what was the first thing that Peter said? What about him? He was still worried about the Apostle John. And the Lord says, What is that to you if he lives until I return? You follow me. And can I say that? Those people, they're none of your business. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. Don't make people your focus. We're all going to go crazy if we do that. Make Jesus your focus. Make Jesus your focus. I don't know why people say and do the things they do, even people that call themselves Christians. I don't know why I've said and done some of the things that I've said and done. Sometimes things are out of your mouth before you can grab them. And I'm sure I'm as guilty as the next but I do know that God can rescue me from every trap like Psalm 91.3 said. I do know that Isaiah 54.17 tells me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Just because it's formed doesn't mean it has to prosper. And I believe they're getting formed all the time. I believe the devil's got his little blacksmiths and they're trying to forge these weapons to be used against you. And God's trying to remind you, you already got weapons from the battles that you've won. Go get that sword of Goliath over there and use that. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the weapons gained through battles won. I do know what Mark 11.25 says, that whenever whenever I stand praying, if I have anything against anyone that I need to forgive them so that God will forgive me, so God's forgiveness flowing to me is conditional based on my willingness to forgive others, So much so that the Bible says whenever you stand praying, and hopefully as Christians, you're praying a lot. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will forgive you. And I thought that this, the first Sunday of 2018, what a wonderful opportunity for us to forgive, to begin the year with forgiveness. You know what I found out? I can't get people to act the way that I want them to. I can't get people to say all the things that I want them to. I can't get people to treat me the way that I'd like to be treated all the time. But I do have some say as to how I respond. I do have some say as to how I treat others. I do have some say as to how faithful I am to God. and I suggest that's where we start and all those people that we've been carrying around they gotta be getting heavy by now if it's been a while and I think it's time to leave them here at church and to begin this year with forgiveness flowing and just let it go I don't know about you but I know that I need grace I'm not claiming to be the brightest bulb in the pack I need grace and if I'm gonna get grace I better doggone extend it Don't be deceived, God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Let him go. And for some of you, it's not going to be easy because what's been done and said is maybe awful. I've had some awful things said and done to me, to my family. Let it go. Just let it go. I'll tell you right now, I believe that I'm standing here today that my wife is able to come up and open in prayer and I'm able to preach to you today because I've been able to let it go, let it go. Isn't that amazing? That's what the word forgiveness means. It means just to release it. Let it go, let it go. I mean, is that 100 bucks really worth it? Let them have it. Pastor, you have no idea what's been done. I'm sure I don't. I just know God's bigger. That's all I know. And God can heal anybody's heart if they'll only forgive. And you're going to find that forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. If you begin to look for it in Scripture, you'll find it. They don't deserve it. We didn't either. Yet when we came to God, He forgave us because He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that leads me to believe, according to 1 John 1, 9, that when we harbor unforgiveness, there's an unrighteousness there that lingers, because that's what it says. If you ask the Father for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when we don't forgive, there's an unrighteousness there. And when we do forgive, we are then in God's right standing again. Forgiveness isn't easy, but it's free, and it is liberating, and there's a freedom on the other side of forgiveness like you've never known. That's why every time I pray with people and people come to the Lord, I always include forgiving others and forgiving themselves, always. And so I want to pray with you today. We're going to pray...